0: Sri Gauri Vasna Guru Jai. Sri Chaitanya Charitamritam Ki Jai. So we're discussing from the fifth chapter, of the Adi Leela, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. This chapter describes the glories of Nityananda Ram, and it consists, as we've heard, of five verses. First two of those verses. First verse two. verse three. First two of those verses we've discussed, tonight we discussed. Uh, first two? One, two. We've, we've discussed two? Yeah. Oh, five, okay. So the first is a, is a summary verse describing the um, Sankarshan, the three Vishnus, and Ananta Seish as all manifestations of Itinanda Ram, And then the second verse describes that. Uh, Sankarshan in particular hmm, of Vaikunta. That's how far we got, right? Mayati te vyapi Vaikuntha loke. Mayati, above and beyond the Maya. Hmm? in the great expanse called by Kuntaloka, we heard vyapi by Kuntaloki it is full of purna uh, aishwarya full of opulence unlimited opulence and there are another a second fourfold manifestation of divinity The first of which appears in lila in Goloka hmm? Vasudev Krishna, Balaram, Sankarshan, the son of Krishna from Rukmini, Pradyumna, and grandson Aniruddha. These four manifest again in in Bhikuntha. and discussion centers around the, the Sankarshan. In each of those, which are manifestations of Balaram, the Mool Sankarshan for Leela and Goloka for pastimes, and on the Maha Sankarshan. In Bhakunta, <clears throat> and expanding four directions uh, of what we call transpatial realm, timeless realm, <clears throat> the Bhakunta, and there, the, 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 again, the, we are centered on the Mahasankarshan, who's the manifestation of Balaram, there, who's this we heard was the source of all uh, jivas. <clears throat> And we heard how he is preoccupied with that realm mm-hmm. of Bilas, of Lila in Vaikuntha. Mm-hmm. But we also heard there's also some one part of him that does not pay attention, is not fully absorbed in the Lila. Mm-hmm. And that is the part of him that has compassion for other jivas who aren't in Vaikuntha hmm? and it is uh, uh, in consideration of them in one sense of compassion that he manifests as not the Lord who is Sankarshan Mahasankarshan beyond Maya Mayati Te Vyapi Mayati, beyond Maya hmm? in the timeless spaceless Transpatial realm. Hmm. But here we hear Mayabharta Janda Sanga Shreyanga. Sete Sakshad Karnam Bodhi Madhyay. Hmm. Yasayakam Sam Sri Puman Adi Deva Stam Sri Aramam The same Nitinanda Ram from Sankarshan, Mahasankarshan, s- s- lies himself down. Sete Sakshad Karanam in the causal ocean, and and he is Maya, Maya Barta, so he is the Lord of Maya. Mahasankasana is beyond the Maya, and here he takes a form that he's the Lord of the Maya, husband of the Maya, and. In that form, then there's scope for compassion. So, this compassionate aspect, if you will, of the Mahasarakshan, by which he said he gives liberation, salo krishasti samipya sarupya. He gives these four kinds of liberation. This is characteristic of Vaikuntha. Krishna has described the Golok, divisions threefold, <laughs> Gokul or Vrindavan, Svetadweep, it's known by these different names, and then Second division Matura and third division Dwarka, and then the Baykunta, expanse of so many planets of uh, of faith there and and uh, devotional feeling and bias for different um, um, faces of of Bhagwan, <clears throat> and uh, outside of that realm, he described as Siddhaloka, a realm of of light, the Brahman, kind of the effulgence of that place and of, of Bhagavan. And this place is attained, that is called Sayuja, by Sayuja in Gaudiya, understanding of, of the term. It is attained um, by some, even those who are inimical to Bhagwan. The slaying of the demons as is depicted in Leela, results in their attaining that, that realm. And so there's no there's because there's no service there, this is rejected by the devotees. But there are four types of situations that are that constitute Mukti. Mukti is fivefold, uh, in one sense as described in the Bhagavatam. In another broader sense it's twofold. Mm. Mukti rupam vastiti. It's the removal of the negative influence of our present um, material uh, conditioning and preoccupation and so forth. Hmm? And it's it's kind of self-perpetuating material existence under the influence of of karma. You owe and so... You've you've sown and so you have to reap. You you owe and so off to work you go and so on. To remove this... hmm? the avidya that's at the root of this, the ignorance is at the root of this. Hmm. Uh, It gives rise to attachment and so on and so forth. This is one side, one part of mukti. And the other part, to become situated hmm, in in a proper position of serving, not just removing the negative, but you have something to do. There is a center, and we have a relationship with the center, and and the relationship is uh, as a servant even in relation to the material energy we're serving while thinking that we're, we're the enjoyers. Mm-hmm. So to remove that false sense of enjoyment and the slavery, the bondage, if you will, that it really constitutes, mm-hmm. and on top of that, to become situated in a proper position of service to Bhagavan, this is the twofold aspect of uh, liberation, mukti as described in the Bhagavatam. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end which is removal of the negative. You don't just get out of jail and you have to do something now. And indeed, in jail, they try to train you these days uh, to have some, to help you adjust to the world outside of the jail and have some occupation there because you probably stole something or you, you you, you went against the law, you weren't, gainfully, in a, a, a gainfully, that's a bad term, But gainfully employed, meaningfully employed, hmm, engaged. So you were incarcerated. So they want to give you some kind of help to orient yourself. So when you get out there, you don't just go create another criminal act and go back, but you can integrate with the real world. That there In other words, there's things that you got to do out there. <laughs> you have to participate in the whole affair. Hmm? Um, in, a, in a normal and a healthy way and so forth. So this is what Bhikuntha, the Vaikuntha expanse is about, where everyone is participating in a healthy way in relation to the center rather than in ignorance of the center. Hmm. And so Mukti, in a Bhagavatam sense of the term, is therefore twofold. Removing the negative influence and becoming situated in, in one's potential. Hmm the influence of bhakti to serve in that in that world hmm. and at the same time here is that there's a, a, a there's a five-fold description of mukti given in the Bhagavad and it was mentioned in the previous uh, commentary the previous verse that we discussed um, by way of saying as I mentioned that this citailo this Brahman emergent, emerging with that hmm, of the individual soul with that which causes a somewhat of a loss of a sense of one's individuality, hmm? a oneness without difference. Uh, this is not desirable by the devotees, but there are four other types of liberation, as I say, that are. So this is a fivefold idea of liberation. Five types, and, and the first type, the Suja, is more or less just a removal of the negative, in a sense. It's a little bit more than that in the Bhagwa terminology. But the five, the other four, constitute... Some real standing in the world, and they describe uh, in, a r- in a very rough general sense the possibilities there Salokya Sarsti, Samipia Sarupya to live on the same planet with, with, with Bhagawan. Salokya, Sarsti to have the same kind of opulences and happiness of Bhagwan Sarsti, Samipya, Samipia to be, to be a personal attendant of Narayan. not everybody there uh, has that position, and Sarupya to have a form. Like, like Bhagwan's uh, fourfold, 4 form, for example. Hmm? So these are different uh, types of liberated statuses, largely all pertaining to uh, Bhakunta. So it's, it was mentioned by Krishna's Kabirash in his commentary in the previous verse that this Mahasankarshan, he has this compassionate side that results in four types of liberation. Hmm? They are for the jivas. Hmm? under the influence of Maya, that he, in another form, as the first Purusha, the karnadaksha Vishnu, is the master of. Hmm? But a little bit about those four types of liberation is worth, uh, worth bringing up. The Bhagavatam <coughs> speaks of them in two places, at least in the Ninth Canto and in the more famously in the third canto, and it speaks of them in terms of prem-utar instead of Mm suk-utar. They constitute uh, those types of liberation, certain opulences and happinesses and desirable things in and of themselves, Mm -hmm. and some persons want them. That means that their, their desire for attaining Vaikuntha is uh, predominated by the desire to experience the possibilities there, which are wonderful. Hmm? But this is rejected by the Bhagwat devotees. Hmm? There's a second type uh, that is called then utar. Means, but predominated, who by prem so their interest is predominated by 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 by, prem, by love. In other words, they want to serve Bhagawan, and these are aspects, these are comp- components of the service. There You're going to serve him, you got to live on the same planet as him, hmm. uh, for example, and so forth. And so they are accepted secondarily hmm, as a byproduct, hmm. but of course. This is vaikuntha and we've heard that vaikuntha is, there's a maha of Goloka. Mm. And as we go from Brahman to vaikuntha to Goloka, while it appears in language, in description, to become smaller, it's actually becoming bigger by way of affection mm. and love. The distance between them is the distance of rasa mm. and intimacy with Bhagawan. Mm. And therefore, the devotees of Golok, not only of Golok, but the devotees of, 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 of Vrindavan, Swayadvip, de Gokul, not of Mathura, not of, of uh, Dwaraka, hmm, they also don't accept this premuttara. Premuttara means that a predominance of a desire for prem means there's a little desire for the other, for the actual happiness of. Of, uh, of Vaikuntha. Hmm? They aren't even interested. This is this is very extreme, of course. Hmm? And this is why, then, the ideal of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, his teaching, is Prem, Prem Prayojan. It's the full sense of the term, Prem, love. Hmm? It's not a uh, desire for the opulences of Vaikuntha predominated by Prem, it's Prem. Only, <laughs> so slight distinction. Of course, they also accept living on the same planet with Krishna. They live in Goloka and so forth. But it's completely secondary, completely byproduct. They're completely preoccupied with Prem and the and the very example of Prem that various devotees um, um, represent that they follow. This is, of course the, the ragmarg of bhakti. Ragmarg is about following a devotee. There's also, there also can be rag uh, in vaikuntha Generally it's said, no, there's not, it's only in Golok. But uh, Jiva Goswami in his Bhakti-sandharva explains it in such a way that you can understand in a more broad and general sense. Rag means, rag, Raganuga Bhakti means to follow in the wake of a devotee's devotion hmm, with some emphasis on the devotee, at least equal to that of Krishna, if not, if not, if not more. Hmm? So there's even a possibility of such in Rikuta. but generally and more readily, the term applies exclusively to Goloka It's a special kind of pursuit, hmm? predominated by prema, this this ideal, hmm? not predominated by prema, but but exclusively prema. So at any rate, this. Distance then, now the distance is between material existence, time and space, and the spaceless and the, and the timeless transpatial realm of Vaikuntha. This is breached by another manifestation of Balaram, Mitinandaram, known as the Mahavishnu. Hmm? And while the Mahasankarshan is described as I said, Mayatevabhu okay, the Lord beyond. Uh, in, in the realm of uh, Vaikuntha, beyond Maya, here, Maya, Bharta. This form of Sankarshan is described as the husband of Maya. Hmm. Now, uh, of course, it's it, jagrihe purusham rupam bhagavan mahadadivhi sambhutam hmm. sodasam kalam. This, this position of Sankarshan taking the form of Mahavishnu is described in Bhagavatam at the beginning of the third chapter of the first canto, where the incarnations, the avatars, are described in answer to the sage's questions. Tell us about his avatars. So he begins, Sutta Goswami, by speaking about the, the Purusha avatars and the Adi avatar. Hmm? Here he's described, yes, Yasi San Sri Puman Adi Devas, Adi Deva. Hmm? He's the Puman Adi Deva, this Mayabhartha. Hmm? He who is the the Lord of Maya is the Puman Adide. Puman means person, hmm? the Purush, who is the Adide, the original God. hmm? Original God means here the original avatar of God because now we're talking about an avatar. Previously we were talking about expansions. They stay in this transpatial realm. They have their affairs there. Avatar means. avatara means crossing from up to down. Hmm? So now we're crossing from the transpatial, timeless realm, hmm? the more substantial realm hmm? to the realm of time and space and its expansion on the part of the original avatar, Mahavishnu. Hmm? Again, now we are in the realm of time and space and we tend to see everything in relation to it. Hmm? And, and to an extent, of course that we have doubts that there is a transpatial realm. Hmm? But that's very uh, unreasonable. Hmm? First of all, we have the scriptural argument and a long history of, of, of great uh, personalities, great in character even from a material point of view hmm? and great in experience within the realm of consciousness, speaking about consciousness and its possibilities. Here, we're familiar with the waking state of consciousness, and everything is thought to center around that. Especially in the in the majority of the scientific community, it's thought dreaming state, deep sleep state, these are all functions of the waking state only. The waking state is the only reality. And... Uh, Consciousness itself is reducible to matter, and so on and so forth. This is, this is a very unreasonable um, idea. We've talked about it from different uh, angles at different times, of course. <clears throat> but one of the reasons for thinking like that is when one is in the realm of time and space, that's one's frame of reference. The more you examine from that frame of reference, you, you just see from that frame of reference. You could reverse things you could go to dreamland Let, let's say there was a pl- in in the you live in your dream world and when you're there the waking state is not very real now we then we then we try to in modern neuroscience so we try to f- explain that, that this this dream state is only part of the waking state really it's it's formed in the waking state but one could make a reasonable argument from the opposite side if you Look at the argument of something like even Plato's allegory in the cave or the flatland. you familiar with the... <laughs> that's in, uh, who's his name? Abbott, I think, wrote a, a book about flatland. Um, you know, uh, you take some bugs, they're living in a two-dimensional reality. I mean, so the, the more they examine that two-dimensional reality, they're going to think everything... They talk about a third-dimensional reality, they think it has to come from the two-dimensional reality. <laughs> uh, yeah. That the, the two-dimensional reality is wrong, that it, or is lesser, is a substrate of the three-dimensional, hmm, will seem unreasonable from that perspective. So you could, you could make a, a very reasonable argument that even if you are completely convinced by empirical evidence that the waking state and 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 and, and uh, of, of of our present consciousness, um is the ultimate reality and that consciousness is reducible to matter, Mm -hmm. it would still be a very um, logically very unreasonable proposal. And you could make the exact same argument from the dream state condition Mm -hmm. with credibility. And further, of course, deep sleep, transcendence, and so forth. So, there's a real world called by Mm -hmm. And this waking state... And the different dimensions of material consciousness are are substrates of that. The whole mayic realm hmm, um, is a great distance from Vaikuntha, and the distance is again in terms of love or intimacy. And here we find meanness. And jibo jibanam meanness jivoji, jivaji jīvanā. one living being is food for another you got to keep looking over your shoulder somebody's after you and you're after somebody hmm? mm-hmm. this is the operative here hmm? this is this is this is the norm this is a great distance from the affectionate realm of vaikuntha hmm? and the embrace of narayana hmm? to speak of then koloka dwarka Mathura, Vrindavan and so forth hmm? You just listen to the descriptions of these places, and you see there's a there's a there's a difference. Are we to conclude that there is no there's no place that corresponds with affection, a full a full measure of love? And if there is, will it have boundaries? Hmm? So boundless space, transpatial. We talked about the idea in our last discussion that we go within in order to be able to tolerate the limitations of the space without, <laughs> which we think is the all-in-all, all, but we don't act like that. Hmm? So to go far within, deep within, hmm? this is the idea of Kuntha and Goloka, and they're described as realms of love and affection, and there's a whole, of course, philosophical and theological argument about what is the center and so forth. So. The scriptural argument, very um, powerful if we consider who it's coming from, what kind of people. They weren't like goat herders, you know, in the Middle East or something like that. See their descriptions of the world. Here it's coming. Hmm? We think, well, you know, some fantastic cosmography, uh, you know, with jumbo dweeps and this and that and oceans and various... uh, Uh, Of course, it's it's described that in Kali Yuga, the people will only have have uh, uh, awareness and experience, and um, generally um, uh, ability to understand their situation relative to the salt ocean and a certain portion of the earth, this is de- described. <laughs> so if you look at that, then it got all your arguments about there can't be a Kali Yuga because so many years back, this, that, and all. The Bhagavatam is saying you're living in a very small part of 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 of, of Mahavishnu, who is the world. Hmm? God is the world as a person. So, You're living in a very small part of that, hmm? and you have a certain perspective. Hmm. The Bhagavatam seeks to expand that perspective by trying to take you to another level of consciousness. Here it said, Maya Bharta Ja Aja Anda. Hmm. Sangasrayanga. This, this 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 Maha sits himself, Sete Sakshad Karna he, he rests in a causal ocean. Hmm. This is a transcendental kind of uh waters hmm, if you will but water is there's light and then there's water there's Brahman and then there's water there's light there's water hmm. Vishnu is residing there relaxing reclining it's peaceful there hmm. he's like on a on a raft and in, in, uh, it's very nice weather <laughs> and he's just taking taking it easy hmm. He's living the life on a hammock. Something like that. There's no oppression from the mind, the senses. There's nobody chasing you. And it's the mind that chases you. The senses are chasing you. There's nobody chasing him there. Hmm. Or anybody else. Hmm. No oppression. Peaceful.
1: Hmm. Hmm.
0: So he sits down, this Maasakasana, in a portion of this causal ocean. Hmm. And... And and there is the prakriti, the Maya, material nature. This Is one of his shaktis. So he has a relationship with his shaktis. His shaktis are not different from him. That they're not independent. That they're not independent. And so he has a relationship with them. The relationship is very intimate for the most part, because his shaktis by which he does everything. It's like consciousness and then thought that leads to action. He is conscious and he has thought. I should do like this. I should do this. this is the Shakti. And he accomplishes so many things for his, for his pleasure. And so he, here we have a different Shakti than a Sarup Shakti. We have this Maya Shakti. And here this Sankarshan appearing as Mahavishnu, he's the, he's the source of all jivas, so in the Vaikunta, arguably he's expanding jivas, manifesting jivas, uh, not in, in in time, but uh, that there are there are anyway, vibinamsas, they're they're coming from him, in that they're they're lesser manifestations of himself, even lesser than the swamsa that are the Vishnu uh, forms and so forth. Hmm? And they're playing in Vaikuntha. In, in but now he has this Maya Shakti. She just can't be ignored entirely, but he can't get too close to her either. Hmm? He's constituted of consciousness. She's of a different nature, like a shadow, like subconsciousness or something like that. Hmm? And so he has to pay some attention to her. This is the business of the vishnu So he, 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 he glances at her. Hmm? By glancing, he goes there, but he doesn't go there. Hmm? And by his his glance, is so many jivas. The glance of consciousness it says he becomes overwhelmed at, by light at that time. Hmm? A huge light and effulgence, and the darkness, the shadow of Maya, gets some light and movement. So he consorts in this way with Maya, indirectly, by glancing. I've used the example before, it's said in the Bible, if you look at a woman you've gone there. Now you have to do something about it, (laughs) something like that. Uh, So, uh, he doesn't have lust, as that is describing lust. He doesn't have lust, but he, he has to have some relationship with this lady Maya, indirect, so he is able to stay in this position of purity, glance at maya, and the glance is so many anga it's described by Krishna: anga like semblance of his own anga, his anga being like a, another Vishnu manifestation, but a semblance of an anga we are. And this sankarshan who's appearing as Mahavishnu, as we described the other day, presides over ego. Hmm? So the, he gives it, an imprint to ourselves, an imprint of identity. Hmm? The imprint of identity is really a serving unit. We're like of his own stamp, so to speak. Hmm? As much as Sankarshan, Balarama, served, personality of God, its servitor, as we've been describing. Hmm? Krishna being... Personality of God is served. Balaram is always serving Him in every way. Hmm? So this stamp of, of serving attitude it comes from this um, Balaram. Ultimately, Mul Balaram. Um, what is that verse?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Bhaktabhiman, B- Mulabha, Mul Balaram. Uh, this is this, the, 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 the the ego of the servant. It it actually, which is. What bhakti is about ultimately comes from Balaram. We get this imprint from the Sankarshan hmm, or this Mahavishnu, and then his glance upon the Maya Shakti it activates this Maya, hmm, and it, 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 it a whole like show starts in, in motion, and the Jivas are enthralled by the show and so forth. So then the compassion. Is required on the part of Mahavishnu to dis- disentangle them and so forth, and from him so many avatars come. Therefore, it says Jagrihe Purusham. Hmm? Um, this Sambhutam, first of all, it's not a. It's a form that's already there. He accepts it. Vishvanatha Chakravarti Chak- gives a example like, I accept the pot. The pot has to be there. Hmm? So it's not that the form wasn't there at some time, it's always there, all these forms are always there. It talks about just uh, the whole affair. Hmm? This Maha Sankarshan has a partial manifestation of himself called the Mahabishnu, presiding over ego. Hmm? And he glances at Maya, the jivas are impregnated into the womb of Maya, and, and the egoic er- involvement identifying with, with with matter begins the first of those persons of course is Brahma that means the consciousness that is within the mahabishnu in an undifferentiated state moves towards differentiation with his glance and that then takes shape in accordance with their karma imprint from the previous world cycle. And the beginning of that world cycle, of course, doesn't exist. None of these things have any beginning. Hmm? The, the Bhagavad and all, you know, just taking things and looking at them and describing them. Hmm?
1: Hmm.
0: And th- th- there's no beginning to this. It is called a lila play, and it's called the Srishti lila. We have the madhurya lila of the Golok. Of, of Vrindavan, we have a Madhurya and Aishwarya mixture, Mathura, Dwarka, and in the Aishwarya Leela of Vaikuntha, hmm? it means majestic Leela as opposed to an intimate Leela, hmm? and now we have the Srishti Leela, and we see Balaram is involved in all of this, expanding the domain, presiding over, over the domain for each. Hmm? So here the he, here the the, the the master of Maya, and it, as this as he desires to become many, hmm? he's in relation with the with the, the the Maya Shakti. So it becomes problematic for the many. But as he desires to, this is this is the beginning of the the Leela, Lila. That consciousness that starts to come from. Non-differentiation to differentiation takes the shape of Brahma. Hmm? Hmm. This is described here in brief. It'll be described in more detail in the next verse where the Garbhadakshaya Vishnu is described and Brahma is born and, and the Mahasankarshan from Mahavishnu comes to Garbhadakshaya Vishnu presiding as he does over intelligence. Hmm? And the four-headed Brahma and so forth. But here it's described, Mayabharta aja unda aja unda anda means egg, Aja means not born, hmm? the master of maya manifests the unborn eggs, hmm? <laughs> sangha and there's a Sangha of them, There's, there, there, there's, well, he's the shelter of the whole cluster of unborn eggs. <laughs> Aja under. What this means is that each universe is a, is like an under. It's like a shell, mm-hmm. egg-like shell. Mm-hmm. And there's no birth within it. Uh, Brahma is sometimes called Aja, the unborn. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we say he's unborn because you know he comes from the navel of Vishnu without having a mother or something like that. Mm-hmm. But but actually, he's unborn in that he never comes outside of the body of Vishnu. He's always in the whole world is inside of the body of Mahavishnu. Hmm. So he's unborn. This all that goes on inside of him. Hmm. Brahma is a very extraordinary person. I mean, you, we talk about these people in the devas so, and then we all te- we tend to think of them in terms of our own experience. So, Brahma's got foreheads. How could he have foreheads? And how could he do this and that and so forth? But just to give you some idea of how different the realm of the Brahma is and how different the world is from how we think of it, our, our reality is that we have consciousness inside. It's our atma. That's our center. That center is followed by a gross body around it. And that's followed by a subtle body around it. Brahma's existence is exactly the opposite. Hmm? At his center is the gross matter of himself. Hmm? And then around that is the subtle, and around that is his atma. <laughs> so he's a very different uh, kind of person. Uh, so you can get some idea from that. And that material center of himself is the, is the top of the Mount marrow hmm? and the Brahmalok. So these explanations, for example, the cosmography of Bhagavatam, they are, they are, they are, they are, they are described as descriptions given for the audience, in the fifth canto, for example, for the audience who had a, some mystic yogis within. So a subtle form of Bhagavan hmm? that by understanding one can go beyond to... The the, 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 the lila form of 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 Bhagwan, hmm? so it's a whole description of the body, the subtle body that the world is that the world constitutes. This is a very different uh, idea from the, how you will explain this to the modern uh, modern world. It's very, um, hmm. but I give an example that that Lovejoy gave the idea that the world is a per- is an organism, the Gaia. Principle something like it, The world is Bhagawan hmm? inside the Bhagavan, This Brahma is coming as the conglomerate of the Jivas, hmm? and then from there the differentiation goes. It expands further according to karma and he situates the, the organizes the world and so forth and so on. So you have to have a very different think very differently. And the way to do this, of course, is is by spiritual practice. You actually start to get experience that there are are other dimensions of consciousness and they're more pleasing and that there's a a whole different... See how different your perspective will be on the whole world hmm? as you enter into this this, uh, uh, experience. hmm? So therefore it's very important to practice spiritual life because these descriptions defy Our experience and our would more readily be dismissed hmm? with intense spiritual practice, however, and one can have acquaintance with them hmm? and a very just a very different perspective on life than the waking state, for example, of material consciousness.
1: hmm?
0: So, not only will you see by Kunta, you see this whole world it it sounds like, like like something like byta upside down inside out in comparison to our present perception of it hmm? extremely different where we are even materially speaking than what we think hmm? so spiritual practice this is this is uh essential for understanding all these teachings and are meant to inspire us to to practice hmm? And that practice very much involves stilling the mind, hearing the name. Hmm? This is the main thing. Hear the name. Hmm? If you want rag-bhakti, you'll think, I need a spiritual body to practice rag-bhakti. You need two bodies, sadhakadeya and a citadeya. How can I practice without a citadeya? Don't think like that. Hmm? There's lots you can do. Hmm? Citadeya is not something you make up in your mind. Siddhadeya is something that comes as a result of absorbing your Sadaka deya in the sadhana. Hmm? Krite, krite sadhya, babet sadhya. Hmm? It's, a, it's a form of bhakti, this sadhana-bhakti. Hmm? Yes, we should have some idea. I want this ideal, if it's rag bhakti I want to be follow the servant of Krishna, the cowherd, the, the gopis. It may be the case and so forth. Hmm? I want this ideal. Then I will do my japa of my mantra and nam. And pay close attention, and I'll go. When you sit down to do your japa, here we go. Hmm? This is my chance. Hmm? Now pay attention here, hmm? and actually chant, actually do the japa. Listen by nam smarnam. Eventually, rup smarnam. That he who has a form. Hmm? A beautiful form that corresponds with his name will start to make his appearance in within my consciousness and his qualities then, gunasmar and leelasmar hmm? and as one so this is a, this is rag bhakti hmm? rag bhakti is an orientation rag bhakti means I would like generally means I would like to follow the people of Golok
1: hmm?
0: okay. Then you follow bhakti. How do you follow? By hearing, by chanting, hmm? and as I say, as that sadhaka day becomes absorbed in the stage of bruchi, then we get the, the spiritual desires start to manifest. Material desires are gone. Desire to serve the Lord in a particular way starts to manifest. To attain Him. To offer pleasurable services, this just starts to come. This is the, the kind of the, the genesis of that siddhadeha. Hmm? and as it manifests, then we can do that kind of sadhana also, smarnam on the citadeha on leela from a particular perspective, hmm? the perspective of our our citadeha. This is all within sadhana. Up asakti, sadhana isn't isn't just an art and a vritti. You may say, well. You can start Ragh Bhakti and Anartana Yeah, you can start by this kind of orientation, but how will you meditate on your um, Siddhadeya when in, 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 uh, without passing through an artist, how can you meditate at all? <laughs> Smarn, smarnam requires some um, qualification. Hmm? You can't do Gyan without a pure heart. Similarly, within Bhakti, Smarnam, in the full measure, of the term requires some um, some qualification therefore anyone can chant and do kirtan but not everyone can do smarnam and when kirtan is done properly it will foster smarnam in a natural way if someone says to you did you get your siddhadeha your siddharup from your guru they say you haven't got it problem problem you gotta get that. From the get go you can you can understand this isn't he's not talking about Rag Bhakti. Rag Bhakti is not I've got a problem. Uh oh. Uh oh. It's not out of fear or anxiety that I take to Rag Bhakti. It's out of love that I take to Rag Bhakti. Hmm? Some attraction for Krishna. Hmm? And go. And in higher stages then other Aspects, important aspects of rag bhakti, will come into focus naturally. Hmm? Now you worry about your sadhaka daya, making it actually a sadhaka daya, hmm? fully engaged. That's all you have to worry about. <laughs> That's your concern. Hmm? Engage fully my, my sadhaka day in the service of Krishna and Balaram, and everything will come naturally. Hmm? A little bit of an aside here from the Mahavishnu. Uh, so, that opportunity comes, of course. That opportunity comes to the world with the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm. Here, the Adi Adip, Puman Adi, Adideva, the original avatar. Hmm. Mahasarkashan accepts the position of descending, being the avatar, and all the avatars come through him. Hmm. And, of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu comes. He happens to be the avatari, but he comes... Prabhupada once was asked, "If you are a mystic, why did you fly here on an airplane instead of like a carpet, magic carpet or something?" He said, "Oh, I wanted to come on on your terms. It's your world." Hmm. So, when in Rome, do as the Romans. Something like that. So, Krishna is the is the and the Mahaprabhu they are the, the, the avatari source of avatars. But when they come to the world, they come like the avatars come. <laughs> So they come through the Mahavishnu also. But when Dev comes through Mahavishnu, Mahavishnu takes a special position himself. That's the next chapter. As a dvaita. He wants to come and experience that Gauru Leela firsthand and all the possibilities that are there. And it's said by Mahaprabhu in Kabi Karnapur's book about his Leela at the end, that he would give all of his associates a place in in the Lok uh, in relation to what he came to, came to give, let's go for even Mahabishnu having a place also in that leela. Some, after uh, all, it said, what? Ekala ishwar Krishna are Krishna alone is the is the is the served. Everyone else is servant. It means all the Vishnu avatars and so forth. Uh, I'd bring all this out, of course, uh, in, 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 in Krishna das the next chapter about uh, to wait to, more. There's going to be more about this Mahavishnu and a special a special form of the Mahavishnu. But here's the general idea hmm? Hmm. and different descriptions are there. Here the Brahmanda, the of the, 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 the unborn eggs, uh, uh, universes in which the, the, the there's no birth. A- the birth is within it. Like I said, of Brahma. Um, there's a group of them. Sangasha, so we have a multiverse kind of a conception of the world, innumerable universes, and they're described as expanding with the breathing hmm, in his dream, from the pore holes of his body, like perspiration coming out, and so forth. All these types of different uh, different types of explanations to, to give some idea of the of the that that that, that the world of. Our material experience is very small in relation to the to the Vishnu himself. Hmm? This is one exhalation in the world and he inhales. Hmm? It's over. It all comes to a collapse and of course it comes out again and so forth. Hmm? You can imagine the little beads of sweat coming from the hair holes, the pore holes of the body. These are like universes, the ideas. Hmm? So he's big. Hmm? He's very big. He's uh, uh, the whole. Uh, we're inside of him. Mm-hmm. He is the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he lies on the this ocean of cause. Hmm? The spiritual world is like without cause. This ocean is spiritual. Hmm? but it gives cause, it gives rise to the world. Hmm? It's a leela, the shirsti lila. Hmm. In that sense, it has no cause. He, he does it because he, he, he wants to do it, but it sets in motion cause and effect as we interact with Maya and uh, and accrue reactions for that. Hmm? So he says, anyway, this, this, this person, yasiay kamsha. He is an Amsa. This, uh, he's Adi Dev, the original avatar in this world. And he is an Amsa. Kal Amsa. Hmm? Amsa means a part. Kal means a part of a part. He's, he, he, Vish, Krishna Skabira says, and I call him, this Mahavishnu, the, the Kal Amsa of Nityananda Ram. What is the position of Nityananda Ram? And the dispensation, then, of, we're back to, of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Hmm? in the Kali Yuga along with Nityananda Prabhu. Hmm. It's this very an extraordinary time to be living and extraordinary influence to be um, um, participating participating in. So again in all of this he wants to say this Nityananda is a very extraordinary person. This is his Kalamsa. Hmm. Try to try to understand him. Take advantage of 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 what he has to offer, and what he's offering is this chaitanya Vaishnava raṅga kaha go rangge naamore. Ye se Amar Any question? Yes. I have a hard time understanding. After mukti, somebody's liberated. It's usually in relation to maya. So I kind of went along with it, but I remember the first time I heard about Sarupya or Sarashti. How does that constitute a form of what you liberated? Plus, if we talk about service, I will understand Sarupya and Sarupia, but the other two, is there any more explanation about this? One? It means it's a status that can be attained hmm, in Mukti to have a form like the Lord, to have opulences like the Lord. Mm -hmm. it's a possibility there are all kinds of possibilities there but these are the four chief possibilities uh, mentioned and they're a hook for some people that sounds good I'd like to do that go there Mm -hmm. but that is rejected in the (laughs) Bhagavatam. so many possibilities there ways of being close to Bhagwan. You're like Bhagwan. You have a form like his. That's His form is very extraordinary. You have opulences like his. It doesn't sound very attractive to you. That's because you're not distant from that place. <laughs> what else?
2: I guess when I hear the description of from up to down. It almost has like a Christian connotation for me, you know, like heavens up there and down here. And the the other description you gave is it's a trans spatial realm it's almost like it's almost like he's coming from within to without as opposed to from up to down. And it's a different way of thinking about it or speaking about it. But I think in general I think a lot of people have been influenced by Christianity. Yeah, you might think about the up to down,
1: because
2: you know, we're, like you said, we're spatially oriented, so then up to down, my up is your down, and all the space things, so mm-hmm. I kind of, I just, I guess it's a common question, but I kind of really like the idea of tr- from consciousness, devoid of, of matter, that, to, to entering into it coming from in to out um, more interesting things, I guess in
0: to out okay you yeah. <laughs> that's a way of talking about it yeah. manifestation of time space
2: <coughs> in rega- you were mentioning how the residents of Vrindavan are exclusively interested in the praying aspect. aspects don't have any there hmm. different types of liberations don't even have any interest for them. But for example, then, how do we accommodate the for example, when they went to Kurukshetra to see Krishna, they wanted to draw him back. It seems to be like getting to a proximity again, there seems to be some...
0: You no, know, oh, they, they want it, they want... It means that, that Vrindavan is is non different from Krishna. Hmm? Kurukshetra is not the same it's not it's not as close it's not it's not uh, it's it's not um, how can how can they express the full measure of prem in in Kurukshetra where Krishna is riding on elephant and so on and so forth mm-hmm. the place is prem mm-hmm. Vrindavan is not different from Krishna You're saying they want to be close to Krishna, but praying makes one close to Krishna. Hmm? They want to love Krishna. And there that possibility exists in Vrindavan more than Kurukshetra. Hmm. Yes, obviously, you want to love someone, and you you want to be close to them. Hmm but it's more like I want to love them and as a result of it, I get close to them hmm? rather than I'd like to get close to them so that I can love them. Hmm? It's kind of the opposite. Uh, I'd like to love them and as a result, you get close. It's a very subtle difference between predominated by praying and not predominated by preem but just preem. They want only praim. Hmm. They want Bhagavan predominated by Prema, they want only Prema. means they don't want, in one sense it means they don't want Bhagavan, they want Prema. That's the ideal, Prema prayojan. The ideal of, of Chaitanya Vaishnava is it was not to attain Krishna, it's to, to attain Prema. Hmm. The ideal of Vaikuntha is to attain Narayan and love him, hmm. and serve him. Hmm. Want to attain the ryan and serve him, so you want it's predominated by Prem, because you you don't want to attain the ryan without the opportunity to serve him. You have no interest in that. Therefore, without seva, they reject these things: the by utar, by Kundabhasis, hmm? uh, living close to him, and so on and so forth. Hmm? But what they want is they want to attain Narayan and love him. Hmm? But in Ragbhakti of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we don't want to attain Krishna. We want to attain the love of Madhya Soda, the love of Subal, the love of Rupa Manjari. Hmm? That's what we want to attain. That's not the desire to attain God predominated by Prem. That's the desire to attain Prem. And that's what Vrindavan is all about. So they want to go back to Vrindavan, means that they want Prem. Of course, those are supposed to be just partial manifestations of the inhabitants of Vrindavan anyway. They never leave Vrindavan. That's what, you can't be a Vrindavan without those people. They are the Vrindavan. Their love is the Vrindavan. Those, that, those Babas are eternally existing, they may manifest or become unmanifest. So partial manifestations they may go here or there with partial manifestations of Krishna. That's why I say Krishna is always in Vrindavan. He's more in Vrindavan when, than, than he is in Dwarka when he's in Dwarka. When he's in Dwarka and apparently not in Vrindavan, he's more in Vrindavan than he is in Dwarka. Hmm? Because he, he corresponds with that love. Therefore, to illustrate that point, for example, Sanatana Goswami has, has Krishna calling out in the night. In bed with Rukmini, oh, in his dream, Radha, Lalita, hmm, and so forth. And all the queens know, uh-oh, you know, we're not fully, he's not fully here. Hmm? So he's more, because he corresponds with that prem hmm? So they want only prem hmm? Means we, we following those devotees, become like them, to become that prem this is the idea. So, when you want to serve, you want to attain Orion and serve him. There's this slight distance between you and Orion; he's the object of service, and you're the servant. And then there's service. There's no distance like that in in Brindaban between Krishna and his devotees. He's one of them. He's a Brajbasi this Is the idea that that means? There's no there's no bridge to gap there. Hmm? There's no perception of worshipable, worshipped and worship. Hmm? That's all transcended. That 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 that, 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 that distance is, is bridged and there's a unity of love between the inhabitants of Vrindavan and Krishna. Hmm? And they feel he's mine. Hmm? Just like you feel you this is your arm, this is your leg. They feel like that about Krishna. <laughs> so praying, we say we don't want to attain Krishna, but pretend pray is, is is you can't get closer to Krishna than that. Hmm? People say, Have you seen Krishna? We say, I don't know, I wasn't looking for him. I was looking to serve him. Hmm? And people ask that, have you seen Krishna? You got it wrong. We weren't we're not looking for Krishna. We're looking to serve Krishna. Hmm? That's where he's found. So he's in those those the hearts of those devotees, he's in that love. That that that's the full idea of Krishna. Hmm. So this is the difference between Prem utar and Prem itself. Difference between Vaikuntha and Goloka. What else?
2: Just taking a few steps down from where you're at now. You mentioned that moksha, um, it's like getting rid of a negative with no positive. So you said that Sayujya? Sayujya. Sayujya is a little bit more than that in the bhakti sense that you have a little positive. What's the positive? Is there still an identity
0: there? Uh huh. The positive is that there's some bhakti required for Sayujya. Hmm. There's some bhakti required and bhakti is positive, right? So bhakti is coming from the other side. So there's some bhakti required for getting sayuja. At least some sattviki bhakti, something like that. So that's the way we think of it, very little. But of course, now the sayuja that we talk about is not... um, it's not what the Maya bodies talk about. It's different. Mm-hmm. There's an obscuring of one's sense of one's individuality, but it still remains there. Mm-hmm. But that's a good question. It shows you you have a good mind for the theology. It's a good good question to ask.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: See that you're following pretty pretty well. That's good. Good. Mm-hmm. You can't attain mukti without any bhakti, mm. a little bhakti. Even if you want sayuja, you got to have some bhakti. Mm. All right, let's we'll stop there. Sri Chaitanya ke jai, right. Yajigopal ke jai, right. Gopramanandhi.